This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie and I'm Tommy and you're listening to Series 10, Episode 8, Lost Lamb. And let's start it off with some announcements. Our main announcement is the one you are expecting. It's a reminder that the window for questions for postgame chatter is going to be closing in about two weeks time. In two weeks, August 27th, episode 9 will release. At the end of that day, we will be collecting all of the questions for post-game chatter to be used at the end of episode 10. So, if you have any questions about the system, the podcast, RPGs in general, really anything, send them to us through email, Twitter, Facebook, whatever means you want, by the end of the 27th of August. That way, we have enough time to get the cast together and answer all your questions at the end of the finale. Our second announcement is that Manifest the RPG is still available for pre-order on Backerkit. So if you haven't snagged your PDF or full color hardcover version of the rulebook for delivery uh, this winter, search us up on Backerkit and snag your copy now. That's going to be it for announcements and There won't be a Words with the GM this week because uh, Addie and I wanted to talk to all of you about what's coming next for the podcast. You may have noticed that we've swiftly been drawing to the end of Blades of the Dark, and typically we would have announced a cast and or a system for the next series, but we haven't. This is because Addie and I have made the incredibly difficult decision to stop creating new content for Essential NPCs. We've produced over 180 episodes and delivered over 150 words with the GM, and we're really proud of the content we've created. So we wanted to share with you why we're not creating new content going forward. The first reason is the one you might imagine. Time. Producing, editing, and releasing a regular 90-minute Essential NPCs episode every week takes anywhere from 10 to 15 hours, and each episode requires about four hours of studio time with the cast, the scheduling and execution of which can take a great deal of time and effort. As you all know, we've attempted to mitigate some of this by trying out a new release schedule for Series 10, but ultimately we weren't happy with the effect that the bi-weekly releases had on listenership and our engagement with the listeners. Our original weekly release schedule was clearly better for the podcast's quality and the experience of our listeners. So if we were going to continue producing new content, we would definitely want to return to our normal weekly release schedule. The second reason behind the decision to stop creating new content for Essential NPCs is Words with the GM. We've always strived to create useful tips and tricks and insight into the systems we're playing from experienced GMs. Our goal over the years was to showcase different GMing styles and points of view in order to help our listeners learn some great techniques and generally become stronger GMs for it. 
And we believe we've done that. But as the series have gone on, it's become more difficult to come up with new and interesting improvements for GMing. We wanted to avoid giving the same tips over and over again. And eventually, Addie and I realized that after over 150 words with the GM, we don't have any non-system specific advice to provide. We're basically tapped out of new things to say in that arena. And because of that, we decided that if we were going to have a Series 11, it would not feature Words with the GM. And we also believe that Words with the GM is one of the things that makes ENPCs special. And we didn't want to shortchange our listeners by removing it. So it left us in a pretty awkward position. The third reason is resources. The initial investment into a podcast of ENPC's size is hundreds of dollars, and the ongoing costs are about 95 or more a month. After about four or five years, even with the gentlest of wear and tear, our equipment is in dire need of replacing before we would begin recording for Series 11. And unfortunately, we don't have the kind of resources we would need to replace our five-year-old mixer and four-year-old mics. Even with the wonderful help of our Patreon supporters, we'd still need to pay a healthy sum out of pocket for such an overhaul of our equipment. And if we compromised and purchased less costly equipment, we would have a tough time maintaining the audio quality that helped set Essential Embassies apart from other podcasts. The fourth and final reason is probably another one you might have guessed. Manifest. It was our full intention to continue producing EMPCs after launching Manifest. However, because of the other reasons we've already mentioned, time, content quality, and resources, we made the decision not to split our focus between Manifest and Essential NPCs, and instead fully transition our efforts onto Manifest. So now that you know the primary reasons behind this decision, the obvious question is, what's next? The breadth of ENPCs that exists will remain available to the listeners all 10 seasons. We want to continue hosting the ENPCs content. We haven't determined if after this year it will stay on SoundCloud or migrate to another site like Libsyn or Blueberry. Uh, but either way, you can be sure the backlog of essential NPCs will remain out there for your enjoyment. Uh, additionally, we won't be fully shutting down our Patreon. Uh, at the end of September, we will be fulfilling any outstanding rewards and augmenting the existing tiers. Uh, we'll go into more details about the future of Patreon on our Patreon page in the coming weeks. And those of you who support us on Patreon can expect detailed announcements of the changes we'll be making. And the backlog of EMPCs will finally and slowly be going up on YouTube. There's no date or schedule for this. It's just one of the things we've always wanted to do, but never had the time to. Uh, we'll update everyone when this start, starts happening, and it will be a new way for you to experience essential NPCs. Additionally, we will keep creating RPG content, just through different mediums. The company we formed to create Manifest, Waypoint Game Designs, will be absorbing ENPC productions. We'll still be creating content, mostly Manifest-related and mostly on Twitch and YouTube, which honestly is just cheaper and easier to create, produce, and monetize. Addie, myself, and the cast of Essential NPCs aren't going away. We're just pivoting to a more sustainable production dynamic. We may even transition into utilizing the Essential NPCs podcast to release the audio of any Twitch or YouTube content we create for those of you who prefer to consume strictly auditory content. 
And also, we wanted to answer the question we've already received from our cast. Will there ever be a Series 11? Uh, The true answer to that is, we don't know. Times change, and it's entirely possible that in the future, we will be able to pick up EMPCs and triumphantly return with a new series. But we don't have any plans for that right now. So, what about the more immediate future? Well, we'll be releasing the last two episodes of this series, and there will be one more Words with the GM and then post-game chatter. And then we're considering producing a live stream of a farewell cast party, though we'll have more details on that next episode. So here's something for you guys. If you have a request for the last words with the GM topic, send it our way. And don't forget while you're at it to include some questions for postgame chatter. Addie and I are so incredibly thankful for all of your love and support over the years. Believe us when we say this was not an easy decision to make. We've loved producing Essential NPCs, and we want to thank you for joining us on what has been a truly epic adventure. Your support and enthusiasm has been a constant source of joy for us over the last four years. Thank you all so much, and we're really excited to bring you the last few episodes of Blades in the Dark. And with all of that said, the Church of Many Tentacles still has a lot on their plate, and they gotta get through some shit, so... Let's move on in and listen to Series 10, Episode 8, Lost Lamb. Enjoy! Hello, neighbor. I'm Brother Theodore. Growing up in Duskfall isn't easy for most, but I've been blessed to have a wonderful life in this nightmare city. Do you have a moment to talk about the Church of Many Tentacles? Our fantastic, legitimate religion has four easy-to-follow tenets that guide our path. We strive to be good neighbors, help the elderly, usher in the end times, and recycle. Using these goals as my compass, I was able to open my own cozy little tea shop in Six Towers. Radich's Tea and Tea Accessories is a great place for the community to find some respite from the endless darkness and daily horrors of the city. Our congregation has been meeting there while we make preparations for the church's most important ritual. After months of planning and gallons of tea, we were finally ready to summon Aralax, praise be their many tentacles, and let them recycle the world. Aralax arrived, bestowed their glorious destruction on the surrounding area, and then disappeared. Just like that. Most of our members were recycled. It was only through the grace of Aralax's many tentacles that I survived to continue our mission. I'll admit, I was very disappointed when we failed to usher in the end times, but it was a good first step. I'm rallying the surviving congregation, we're getting out of Duskfall, and we're figuring out our next steps. After all, starting over is just another term for recycling. Hi. They call me Brother Dub. They say one man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm fond of tinkering, and there's plenty of treasure to go around. It's amazing, some of the perfectly fine things people will throw out around Duskfall. It's ridiculous how offended they get when they find me in their dumpsters digging out their slightly damaged treasures. Even a broken thing can be remade, and that's what I specialize in. But it's gotten me into trouble. Sometimes I get so excited I forget to tell people I've improved their treasures, and they don't like that. But... That was all before I met 
Brother Theodore. You see, the Church of Many Tentacles admires my abilities to recycle what I find. It's one of their main pillars of their belief. And for the first time, I, I feel accepted. Now I have purpose, and I can finally make a difference with my talents. Recycling for the greater good. At first, I wasn't entirely sold on the end of the world part. Brother Theodore kept telling me that the world is just a bigger treasure that needs recycling. And I specialize in recycling. My name is Brother Gawk, and I've never been the luckiest guy. The people at the orphanage used to say I got left on every doorstep in Six Towers. As a kid, I wound up in a gang of street urchins pilfering coins, secrets, and ghostly echoes for the reclusive vampire Lord Skurlock. But no one stays at Ragamuffin forever. <laughs> Eventually, I aged out of gutter sniping and had to go into the pickpocket business on my own. It turned out I had also aged out of not getting beaten half to death when I got caught. <laughs> Until I met Brother Theodore. I was red-handed, but he was just nice to me. He invited me to his shop, gave me some tea, and introduced me to the Church of Many Tentacles. When I was initiated as assistant ritualist, everything felt perfectly set up to give this horrible world the ending it deserved. So how did it all go so wrong? Brother Dirkman. Hi. Look, this won't take long, will it? Okay. I got involved with the church after I fell out with the Abyssal Legionnaires. You know, the hired guns they use on the Leviathan Hunters. They taught me to shoot, I guess. I don't know. The finer points, maybe. It seems to me it's a skill you're born with, but maybe that's just because I'm so fucking good. Whatever. So, yeah. I spent a lot of time beyond the lightning fence. A lot of time. Deathlands will fuck you up. They should have been consumed in the almighty maw of Aralax, you know, just like everything else. I am so pissed that ritual went wrong. <sighs> oh, this, oh, this is Admiral Quibbles. She was Vice Admiral until just this morning. She's worked so hard, she's earned it. She has, she has. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know pigeons don't have military ranks that we know of. Anyway, yeah, uh, before that, I was just a powder boy, and before that, I was a chimney sweep. Just a bunch of dingy, tiny, sooty places. So yeah, you know, that's why I'm so goddamn cheery all the time. We done? We're done. Well, hello. My name is Morgan. Or Sister Morgan, if you want to be proper. If you've ever found yourself in one of the many underground poker halls in Duskfall, you might just recognize me. I have an easy face to remember, after all, seeing as my Tykerosi heritage has left me with this beautiful ash-gray skin and striking red eyes. Now I've always had a bit of the gift of gab, a way of convincing others to do and think what I want them to. But even I have to admit, I am burdened with a short temper. A byproduct of growing up among street thugs and gang enforcers, I'm afraid. When I was running with the Bravos, if someone crossed me or my crew, I'd be the first in line to snap them in two. But once I joined the Church of Many Tentacles, 
I've made a point to follow its tenets in an effort to be a little more neighborly and avoid such unpleasantness when I can. The church has given me the one thing I never could find with the Bravos. A family that actually gives a damn about each other. So, if keeping a cool head and giving folk the benefit of the doubt is what it takes to be a part of this family, well, that don't seem half bad. Still, every once in a while, someone needs to be put in their place, and, well, sometimes I just can't help myself. The last time we left the Church of Many Tentacles, they were able to use their downtime to great effect uh, and were able to tick a lot of the clocks to completion. They have deciphered the ritual that they need to do in order to escape from Duskfall. They found out that their lost lamb may or may not be so lost after all, uh, and they found their location as well as some interesting information as to their dubious loyalty. They uh, previously had a very rough encounter with the Church of the Ecstasy of the Flesh and uh, have ticked their blue coat raid clock uh, to within three ticks of completion. So the pressure is on and they are nearly out of favors with only two ticks left on that clock as well. So we return to uh, Radich's tea and tea accessories where the group has communed, and what do you do? I assume, you know, after fawning over the triumphant return of Gok and Brother Theodore, I, I catch Brother Theodore up on everything that, that he's missed during his astral journey. Well, it sounds like we need to go pay this lost lamb a visit. How loud do we want to do this? Probably not at all, right? No, none, not any loud. Just a little. No, no, th- th- no. We're not. We're not going to do that. We, this has to be kind of a sneaky operation. All right, Dub. Do you think you're capable? You think we can do that? <sighs> yes. Remember, Dub. Unwanted noise is downright unneighborly. <laughs> ah, yes. Well said, Brother Theodore. So, does anyone have any idea on how to get into the veil? Well, I did spend a lot of time uh, walking through. Uh, the ghostly echoes of former uh, hidden passageways in the city. Uh, I don't have an exhaustive map of them, but I could take a look into seeing what kind of old routes there might have been. Some tunnel system, perhaps, underneath the veil we could use to approach from below, you're saying? Very possibly. If it's built on anything old or collapsed or... Even a, a former canal or sewer or tunnel, anything, a basement. That sounds workable to me, ma'am. Does that mean we got to go look it up or is it something you can do from here? If you have a, a contact that could get you uh, that information or could get you into uh, the records halls, which are usually in the precincts of the Bluecoats uh, or the main records hall in Charter Hall. Records are a matter of human memory, but I might know someone with inhuman memory. Is it that vampire? What is it? Skurlock? Yeah, we had a working relationship back in the day. I, I think I know how to get in contact with him if I need to. So if you get in contact with him, though, is he going to do you a favor for any particular reason? Well, you know, I, I used to work for him. Plus, uh... I think I can see how uh, we could mutually benefit from us pulling this job off. 
He's kind of a collector of uh, weird arcana and curios. And I have to imagine that our ritual is going to leave behind a little bit of that. All right. Well, do how do we make contact with Skurlock? You just we got to be careful moving around the streets. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of exactly it. I think I, I take Sister Morgan. We like throw hoods up and uh, and like disguise and like do a little bit of uh, like mask and disguise. Uh, and um, we basically just uh, start talking about network of catacombs underneath six towers. And we start discussing uh, possible routes. Uh, and um, a- as we like. Uh, pass by an alleyway i indicate to to morgan that we've attracted the attention of like a street urchin who's like surreptitiously following us i know all the uh kind of nooks and crannies around here because this used to be uh exactly what i did so basically i'm just baiting one of scurlock's urchins into following us around and then uh i'll i'll indicate that to morgan and um if uh, we pick one of these kids up, it's basically a direct line to Skurlock. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know all the hidey holes, you know kind of the paths uh, where you can anticipate where these little urchins will sort of like duck into, um, what corners are blind uh, and things like that. And so it doesn't take very long for you to come to a place where you can get the drop on this kid and, uh, and you grab him. I actually think Gawk does it to like to Morgan's surprise, like because he's okay. he's never been like the type to like lash out. But they're they're just walking, and like Gawk indicates the the urchin to to Morgan, and like turns around and and like grabs this uh like little dirty kid by the the collar with like this like kind of twitchy str- like strange speed. Uh, all right, all right, Gok, you got him. E- e- ease up, cowboy. Who? Uh, right. Hey, friend. A little amateur, but um, uh, I got a message for your boss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can uh, feel free to tell him. Uh, tell him what you heard today, but also. Oh yeah, sure. I'll tell him. I, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah, you do. Morgan, Morgan, would would you mind? I, I, I'm not, I'm not great at this. Would Would you hold him? Yeah, I just kind of, you know, Gox Gox got this kid by like the collar. I just kind of grab a nice uh, amount of his raggedy clothes uh, to have enough purchase to lift him up off his feet and hold him in front of me. And I go, listen to what the man says, pass the message, and it'll all go fine. All right? Just let him know that uh, his um, old friend... Gawk is looking for a route from the Vale and Night Market to Miss Shore Park here in Six Towers. Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, a route that exists today, just a route that ever existed. It's all I need. And uh, there's a powerful artifact in it for your dear Lord Skurlock if he helps us out. Some dude who grew up too old so he doesn't work for the for Lord Skurlock is like, oh, I need his help. And so, like, uh, I just need, like, a little root or whatever from, like, a, the Vale, the really nice place to, like, Six Towers. Because, like, oh, duh, that's so obvious. But it's, like, weird because he wants, like, old ones and not new ones. Or maybe he wants new ones, but whatever. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yes, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Now who's the amateur? And he kicks you. Oh, and ooh. then runs away. <laughs> <laughs> you can choose to resist that or take a kicked in the shins as a as a level one harm. I can't not take kicked in the shins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't get out of this looking cool. <laughs> I watch the kid run away. I look at Gok and go, that, "That kid was a lot more spirited than I was expecting." Honestly, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, we all, we're all like that, I say, limping. <laughs> you know, we're, you know, we're tough. Ooh, oh my god. Oh, ow. So what happens next? Do we just hang out in Six Towers at like a bar, or do we, does he know how to reach out to you? <laughs> yeah, however I get my response, it's, uh, it's not gonna be by waiting at a bar. Lord Skurlock has, uh, eccentric and occasionally arcane ways of talking to who he wants to talk to. Uh, When he responds, we'll know. All right, then. I suppose we make our way back towards the tea shop, then, uh, because it is the most secure place in the city at the moment for us. So uh, about 10, maybe 15 minutes later, uh, there's a knock on the closed tea shop door. Uh, Dirkman will open up the door. There's a little kid in a flat cap. Is Wayland here? What? Is Wayland here? No. He's supposed to be here. Who's Wayland, kid? I don't know who you're talking about. He lives here. Oh, yeah. No, that's Wayland. It's just a code name. Uh, yes, Wayland is Wayland is I here. I thought Gok was your code name. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Gok. Gok is your name... Oh my god. Oh my god. You guys listen to this. No, no. Don't make this a thing. Please don't. This doesn't Wayland? need to be. My name is Brother Gok, okay? So you're not Wayland and you don't. No, I'm Wayland! <laughs> All right. Please sign here. And he gives you like a little uh, square that's just a piece of paper. And you know that your uh, uh, thumbprint in blood is necessary for a receipt yeah uh i nick my thumb on like a little pin i keep uh in my breast pocket and i press my thumb to it okay have a great day also um there's a note but i've been told to give you this look and he like tilts his head to the side a little bit and squints You should know what that means. Yeah, that's the one. We all know what that means. <laughs> Thanks, Dino. He kicks you in the shins and he runs away. Ow! No! <laughs> it's not very hard. But, but that's the same shin! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I go into my room and I open the note. <laughs> uh, so you, so you uh, open the note and uh, you're expecting a written note and you get it. It looks like it's written in some kind of blood. And as you read it, a voice emanates in your mind. Uh, it's the voice of, of Lord Skurlock. And as and uh, as you read it, the words uh, that are in blood uh, uh, disappear, like drop off the page um, and disappear. My dearest Wayland. Dearest? Aw. How many years has it been since we had reason to work together? I am not necessarily interested in your 
arcane implements, but I would be very interested in meeting once your journey is complete. I shall see you then, old friend. And then there's a map uh, of an old set of Duskwall sewer and, and mining lines. Uh, I, I, uh, I walk out... Um... I walk out of my room with like the the map held up and I say, my brothers and sister, I think Lord Skurlock likes me. <laughs> Way to work it, Wayland. No. Oh, come on. Is that, is that a map? Are those maps? Well, they're, they were, but uh, that's all that matters. Excellent. They should be able to show us the Wayland. <laughs> oh, oh dear! Oh, brother Dove! <laughs> I can tear these in half. I will do it. I'll tear it in half right now. No, you won't. Gawk, please hand me the map. Both both hands poised to to tear the map in half. <laughs> uh, uh, Gawk hands brother Theodore the map with both hands. I take the map. Uh, I hand it to Dub. This seems like something he'll enjoy looking at. Uh, and I look around. There is work to do. We don't have time to make fun of Gok's old name. My apologies, Brother Gok. We're just glad to have you both back. So there were tunnels and mines, and basically this is a map of like decades ago when uh, the the sort of the floods and the great eruptions happened, uh, shaking the earth and um, below and really ruining many of the tunnels and mines um, as the sea poured in. Uh, so this is this is a map from before then. So ostensibly. Uh, you could make the assumption that these are mostly derelict and uh, mostly ghost tunnels. And are we fortuitous enough to have a tunnel that connects the veil directly to where we need to go? Or um, not quite. There aren't any. There isn't really a need for tunnels directly below the park. Um, but uh, there are tunnels that lead almost directly to the park you know like this the street lining the park um but not but not directly in i suppose i'll i'll have the widow makers in that area around the park to assist us as we need them uh since we do have direct access to the veil via these ghost tunnels uh dirkman i'm feeling a bit skittish about being outdoors i think i'm afraid we may be using up our luck making it all these uh making it all around the town with the blue coats looking around for us uh would you mind sending a message to the widow makers with admiral quibbles oh absolutely yeah the the admiral would love to and i'll open up a window and let let <clears throat> let those fluttery wings just charm the pants off of us and uh i'll uh, i'll write a uh a, a letter to roll up and put on the ankle of admiral quibbles uh with instructions to the widow makers as uh, uh, in the next couple days as we, uh, as we prepare for this job. All right, now go to the figurehead. Go to the figurehead. Don't get distracted. Go straight there. You got it? <laughs> Good admiral. You got this. And I'll salute and send, uh, send her on her way. So I think uh, you guys have a route. You've contacted your cohort. Uh, so now it is time for the engagement roll. 
So I actually rolled a critical on the engagement roll, which means that you guys not only are in the midst of the job, uh, you have bypassed um, the first major obstacle. So you find yourselves uh, watching as Morgan walks up and just punches the guard uh, right in front of the the hotel door uh, where your lost lamb is staying uh, and knocks him out cold and now there's just a door between you and whomever's on the other side all right i i fish out the guard's keys and hold them out to theodore uh i will take the key and open the door and motion for morgan to drag this unconscious guard in with us uh so uh you you hear a voice behind a folding screen from the corner of the room. I'll be right there. Just take your time setting up and whatnot. Thank you. Do I recognize this voice? You do. Uh, this is the very distinct voice of one sister Daphne. Uh, I will close the door behind me. I will find a comfy chair and I will sit down and I will wait for Daphne. I'll try to find a space to lean where hopefully she doesn't notice me at first in case I need to pop out and spook her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will uh, stand behind Brother Theodore's chair at his right side, uh, clenching my fists. Dirkman's facing the door with the gun, I guess. Dub will just sit on the couch. So uh, you hear the shifting of... What seems to be like clothes, and uh, and during this time you have the opportunity to look around the room. It is um, a extremely luxurious. Uh, there is a large four poster bed that takes up sort of the center of the room, up against the, uh, one of the walls, um, and uh, it's it's not made of of wood, uh, the the but it is made of like a really burnished brass or, or some kind of like dark metal um there there are multiple couches and like chaise lounges and it's all very sort of comfy there is a cabinet um on the uh near the door that's got tea service and also uh some locks on the on the cabinet doors so they're closed uh but it looks like where you could keep things safe um there's a folding screen and what looks to be a, a, a tub of some kind as well, uh, like a, a wooden soaking tub. Uh, and uh, also there are no windows, uh, but there is an adjoining door uh, on the side closer to where you're sitting. Um, but it is locked and bolted from the side. So uh, everything is sort of like dark black and and sort of like a bronze and blue color. Uh, it looks really nice. And so after the rustling subsides, coming around the corner is, uh, uh, as expected, Sister Daphne, who is drying her hair with a towel on one side of her, on one side of like her shoulder. She's not really paying attention as she looks up and she goes, so what shall we do today? She says, uh, looking like sort of not really looking up and really only registering, um, seemingly registering that someone is there. Hello, Daphne. We're here to rescue you. (laughs) 
she sort of uh, like yells out in fright and drops the towel she was drying her hair with. Theodore, uh, Gawk, you were, you're all alive? I'm so thankful. I, I thought I was the only one cleared from the blast. Without really moving my body, I glance over at Morgan. So I have the ability like looking in a mirror, which means I always know when someone is lying. Is she, in, va- in fact, thankful and happy that we are here? I'm sure she thought she was the only one who survived the blast. She's decidedly conflicted. You, you can see that she is turning things over in her brain as quickly as possible to make that the truth. So I, I give like a subtle like little like keep going type signal with like my fingers. No, no definitive yes, no. Gawk here was able to make it out with your notebook, Daphne. And so we have the ritual to pass into the Deathlands. We've gathered everything we need. And the last step was to come here and rescue our fellow congregation member. So if there's anything you need to do to get ready, we'll be leaving soon. To the Deathlands. You figured it out. So, so proud of you. I thought you died. I thought I saw you die. Okay, honey. Why didn't you come back to the tea shop? I was caught. It's another half-truth. I gave the same kind of symbol. Keep pushing. How is it that you ended up here, Daphne? Like I said, I was caught, and I thought I was the only survivor. I'm sorry. That was unclear. Why aren't you in prison? I made a deal that I would turn on my criminal conspirators who I thought were all dead to avoid dying myself so that Aralax's will could continue. How half-truthy is that? Ah, that's like very half-truthy until (laughs) the very end where when it's uh, when she says Aralax's will could continue. My my face kind of turns like into like a pursed lip, like one eye squints, like we almost have her. And what do you think Aralax's will is, Daphne? For us to live by the tenants and bring about the end times. Do you think you've lived by the tenants, Daphne? As best I could. Or does she genuinely believe that? That is not a lie. It is as best as she could. Well then there shouldn't be a problem with you coming with us through the ghost tunnels to the ritual site. To leave for the Deathlands. Of course. Aralax commands that we bring about the end times, and we cannot continue that work from here. Surely you must have been plotting your way out of here to continue Aralax's will. You can't have accomplished much on any of the tenants from here, I imagine. But that... That must have been your cunning plan, right? I've been very neighborly and kind to my elderly chambermaid. What did you tell them? I gave up hiding places. I made up a story about student rioters and how they weren't happy with the research facilities at Charter Hall. I did have to give up some of our facilities, but but no one was supposed to be there. You were all dead. 
Well, uh, then I'm sure you're very excited to leave and rejoin the Church of Many Tentacles as its head ritualist. I step to the left side of uh, Brother Theodore's chair. Is it truly neighborly to leave our neighbors without doctrine to guide them, Theodore? Do you know, I spoke to Aralex recently. What? Yes. I saw all of space and time stretched out before me. And I saw everything that brought this world to where it is now. And do you know why the world is the way it is? No. Because people won't follow four simple tenets. That's why we're going to the Deathlands to continue our work of bringing about the end times and recycling this world. Now, are you a member of the Church of Many Tentacles, or are you not, Daphne? Yes, of course. There's your lie. At that, I step out of the shadows and uh, restrain her. Uh, Dirkman's going to throw a throwing knife at the feet of uh, Brother Theodore. Gawk steps back to the right side of Brother Theodore's chair and says, Sister Daphne, thank you for everything you taught me. As a member of the Church of Many Tentacles, I'm sure it will please you to assist in this ritual. I cover her mouth and present her neck to Brother Theodore. I take Dirkman's knife and I kill Daphne. You do. With a flick of a wrist, you slice open her her throat and lots of blood pours out. And uh, Morgan holds her there until she is dead. And Dub takes the guillotine, uh, mini guillotine, off his pack and assembles it. And then I move her corpse over towards the conveniently assembled guillotine machine. <laughs> uh, as we as we maneuver here, uh, I'll just mention. All right. Uh, just a few minutes until the crows arrive, and then a little bit after that, the spirit wardens. We got to move. Oh, yeah. You do start to hear bells uh, outside, uh, which are the stair like, like uh, when the bells all over Duskfall are enchanted so that when someone dies, uh, they begin to ring uh, as an indication that the, the spirit wardens should move uh, quickly to, to secure the body and the spirit. With the instruction of Dub, we take enough so that there's a pound of flesh for each of us. You do. Uh, this is it's being done by a long-term project, so there's no role to be had. You just you just do it. As soon as we have it, I think we make our way back towards the uh, the spectral tunnel entrance that we have access to. Uh, yeah. So you uh, begin to head downstairs, and you can hear. Um, from the windows, like tapping on the windowsills, like like the crows starting to tap on the windows, indicating that that the death has happened uh, in this building. So you guys drop into the uh, drop into the ghost tunnels below uh, the the veil and uh, begin making your way northward. 
It was an easy trip getting down uh, because you weren't, no one was expecting you. And that was kind of the reason you picked this for ingress. However, um, the tunnels seem brighter and more ghostly as you begin traversing them as if they're being fed by some sort of excitement. And so uh, you move into a part where it's ghost tunnel, but it's also semi like just derelict tunnel as well. Like the ghost tunnel is there so you can walk upright, uh, but there is sort of like a, a debris filled half tunnel leading up to the street. And as you do, you can, you start to hear sort of like faint um, yells and, and a chill runs up your backs um, as you hear, ah, no, ah, you know, like from far away up the tunnel uh, and you start to hear a, and it begins, it begins to get, get louder and louder as you, as it grows closer to you until it's a, a full rush and the screaming is louder and you're, ah! that really, Really doesn't sound good. Given our understanding of how these this, these ghost structures work, should this be the echo of how this ghost tunnel became an abandoned tunnel? Will the ghost tunnel itself collapse on us? Should we uh, not abandon it? Uh, the likelihood of that is very small. These like traumatic experiences that happen tend to be triggered by something and uh, tend to be kind of on like a repeat, like on a, a skipping record. Uh, so it probably never goes so far as to destroy the thing that would, in fact, like the flood probably happens and then it just stops. There's no telling how long that flood goes. That flood, you guys, is common knowledge. You know that... Uh, it lasted for like over a year before they cleaned everything out. Um, but a lot of it did pour out into the city. Uh, so, so no, it, uh, you, you think it would be unlikely that the echo would go so far as to create a, or to destroy this method of transport for you. Uh, but it, it does present an obstacle. As this uh, screaming gets gets closer to us, I, I step to the front and I uh, put on my spirit mask and uh, I say, stand behind me and uh, I want to attune to this traumatic flooding event. And as it approaches, I want to uh, part it so that it flows around us and that we can walk through it. Uh, I will step behind Gok and put a hand on his shoulder and assist. Yeah, okay, so go ahead and uh, roll a tune. I have a six. Yep. Okay, so you are able to uh, part uh, part the, the waters, so to speak, um, uh, pushing them up to the top of the, this tunnel. Um, and so, uh, instead of sort of a, like a six foot tunnel, it is now like a four and a half foot tunnel, um, that you guys have to duck under in order to, uh, to traverse. Uh, it, it's on like, it's kind of like a crescent shape, uh, and you're making a hole through it. It's, it's a, it's, su Gawk looks super cool doing it. Um, Though uh, it's terrible to look at him because he's got his spirit mask on. 
the water uh, begins to sort of rush by, and you're certain that uh, at this at the velocity it was traveling, there would have been little hope of anybody, but perhaps Sister Morgan uh, and perhaps Theodore uh, to have withstood it for very long, um, and you probably would have been either either drowned in the ghost field and there's just a big old question mark as to what happens then um or been pushed out into one of the one of the uh the waterways around around duskfall um but you slowly uh make your way uh up through the tunnels um the the flood um you you can actually see in the in the waters bodies of uh the long dead uh sort of shooting past um with terror and you can hear their screams as they go um as they go by if they're if they're um just out of the water even a little bit yeah as i as i like push my hands forward and apart like uh spreading the waters to like my either side as they flow around me i make like deep intimate forcible eye contact with literally every dead soul that passes by because I have no other choice. And then about 10 minutes go by and it's very slow going. uh, And then the waters sort of recede and you see the sort of like detritus and, and how uh, things were left in the, the immediate aftermath of the flooding. Um, it's as if time was speeding up, and for a moment you feel the ghost tunnels start to uh, like give way, uh, and then they just snap back to where they were before, uh, and they continue to grow that sort of glow, that sort of like brighter color uh, from when you went through the first time. It seems like something is exciting them. Take my spirit mask off. <laughs> <laughs> We continue on towards uh, our our exit near the park. Gawky looked really badass doing that, I'll tell you what. I flicker in and out of the ghost field for a second and, like, kind of sh- shriek in pain involuntarily. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, mm, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're okay, buddy. I limp on my <laughs> shin. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you keep making your way forward. The water really slowed you down. You were only ha- traveling at about half speed. And as you uh, travel uh, down and under the canal, uh, the next canal, and then come up uh, and pass uh, pass some of the first manhole covers uh, leading up towards the very southern end of Duskfall, um, you begin to hear the sounds of the flood again. Come on, come on. We got to move. We got to move. Ah, hell, not again. Not again. That's a great idea. Not again. And I am going to try to uh, perform a snap impromptu exorcism of uh, of this ghost trauma and see if I can clear it from the tunnel and dissipate it entirely. Okay, sure. This is a risky role and it will probably have a limited effect i don't think you're exercising the um tunnels in their entirety uh throughout all of duskfall which is kind of what would like you'd be trying to excise the flood from the 
the memory of this place. Uh, but I think you have a more local sort of desire to stop it from happening again. So, uh, so it is risky with a standard effect. I will again put a put a hand on on Gok's shoulder uh, and just say, "We all believe in you, head ritualist, and assist." And back on my my spirit mask goes as uh, I glow with arcane power and half arcane power and half the pride of my brothers and sister. And Sister Daphne, too, you know? If only she were here to see this. Well, I mean, she kind of is. I have a five. Okay, so, um, Gok, you um, reach out and you touch the walls of the ghost tunnel and you try to soothe it. You know, you can you can hear the screaming and the rush and it gets louder and it's in your like brain and and the screams. I really empathize with this wall on a deep level, just like being full of terror and screaming and fear all the time and just uh, wanting it to go away. We're not so different, Tunnel, you and I. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the the tunnel um, around you uh, for a, a decent amount of distance dims uh, back to sort of the way it was when you when you traverse these tunnels earlier in the day and you you actually see as the flood rushes toward you uh, in the distance uh, and then it stops and you're you think oh my god I've done it uh, and then behind you you begin to hear the screams like not 10 feet behind you as they pick up again and the flood resumes behind you and you've calmed a good distance, but uh, but it is not the full distance of your path going forward. Perhaps once we reach the end of this, we can wait for the next flood to go through and then continue. I don't think we have time to waste. It's about three or four minutes of travel that, uh, that uh, Gok cleared. Um, and then you reach the end and you can see all of the things that happened in the flood coming up to sort of this like erased park this part this powered down section and you kind of just stare at it until it subsides about 10 minutes later um and uh and you can resume moving forward yeah let's double time it uh and by double timing it you're able to get to uh just underneath radish's tea and tea accessories uh before you begin to hear the flood a third time you know that radish's tea and tea accessories is only about five minutes walk from mist shore park i think we should dart up and duck into the tea shop and see what's what's out on the street seems better than risking dealing with that a third time yeah i don't know if we'll make it through another time depending on how many more tricks gawk has up his sleeve very few (laughs) Well, then up the manhole you go. Okay. This empties out right near the rear of the tea shop. Uh, so you're able to move in uh, to the the tea shop without actually having to interact with anybody. If you'd like to take a look around, uh, go ahead and tell me how you're looking and, and feel free to roll that if you like. I am a little concerned with the excited ghost field and the ghost tunnels. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and just attuned to feel out what's around here i'm just looking up and down the street keeping eyes out for any more tangible mundane threats i mean i can i can also s- survey 
the general area. Okay, sure. So you, uh, uh, Theodore, you you look around, um, and uh, Gok, you haven't taken your spirit mask off yet, and uh, both of you can actually recognize that uh, Daphne's, uh, Sister Daphne's body is uh, abnormally active with paranormal activity or arcane energy. It's really hard to identify uh, which one it is, but it is certainly her body parts are indeed definitely dead, but are still very active in some sort of arcane or ghostish way. Uh, Brother Theodore, if you'd like to investigate this further, um, you can roll a tune. I got a six. Okay, great. And uh, those of you who are surveying, you take a look around and you notice that there is a flurry of activity. Um, the streets are lined with so many people, which is just very odd. Uh, they're people who, they look pretty normal as far as you can tell. Uh, but if you'd like to see more, you can go ahead and survey. Uh, instead of rolling survey myself, I think I will just uh, take some stress and assist brother Dirkman in survey. It's a five. Okay. So uh, you notice Dirkman uh, with, with uh, a little bit of help from sister Morgan, how she's uh, pointing out people that are definitely not from this neighborhood, that many of these people seem to be wearing the same set of shoes, like standard issue uniformed Shoes, and it come. You come to the realization that these are undercover uh, blue coats that are are posing as sort of normal everyday citizenry, and that will mark one tick on the blue coat raid clock, uh, which now is two ticks away from midnight. Our friends are here, y'all. And brother Theodore, uh, I got a six. Okay, uh, so you uh, look around uh, and you you notice Sister Daphne's what what which body part do you have? I think I probably I have the head. So so Sister Daphne's uh, head uh, is the one that you're looking at, and uh, it is uh, definitely has ritual a, a ritual magic uh, upon it, um, and it is. Uh, something like a locator or or tracking ritual or beacon or something on it uh, that is actively producing um, some sort of um, waypoint uh, to your location. I would like to flashback. I would like to put a small letter on Admiral Quibbles when uh, the Admiral was heading to the Widowmaker's I did anticipate that perhaps our actions might attract some attention and it was possible that they would lead to the tea shop, which is why I told the Widowmakers to just make a big old ruckus in this district. And with that note and the the tide of opposition rising against you and just a little bit further to go, that's where we'll end our session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions, all rights reserved. This series of the Essential NPCs podcast is based on Blades in the Dark, a product of 1-7 Design. 
developed and authored by John Harper and licensed for use by EMPC Productions under Creative Commons Attribution. For more information, go to www.bladesinthedark.com.